0: The following message is presented by First Baptist Church of Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Now the message. If you think about it, you know, that there, there is the goal of each and every one of us, each and every Christian is to draw nearer and nearer to the Lord. That path may be uh, somewhat rough at times. It may be smooth at times. It may be challenging at times. It may seem like God is uh, changing things up in your life for whatever reason, um, but that should be our goal at all times, to draw nearer and nearer to the Lord. So as I thought about the uh, theme of our vacation Bible school this year, twists and turns, that kind of fit right into it too. as well. As you are drawing nearer and nearer to the Lord, uh, your life takes all types of twists, and turns uh, the right path is what we're talking about tonight. I, my hope and my prayer is that you are on the right path and we are on the right path, and seeking Him first and asking Him for wisdom uh, is what all that entails. Uh, Vacation Bible School twists and turns. the The general concept, the overall concept, we'll have this year is that following Jesus changes everything. And these these miracles that we're looking at on Sunday morning, man, each and every one of them has a, a different little twist and turn to it. Uh, they each have a different purpose. And so learning his instructions, uh, learning from the Lord, uh, involves one thing and one thing only. That means being intentional about everything that you do and teaching others about his rules and his instructions. ...intentionality, but it takes commitment as well. And so as I thought about that, I thought about the rules of games, how they twist and turn sometimes, and most of the time when you learn a new game, you get a new board game or a new card game or whatever the case would be. What is the first thing you want to establish? What are the rules? How are we going to play this? What's involved? We used to play dominoes all the time. I would play dominoes uh, where I worked at. And then I'd play dominoes with some people at church. And guess what? There were two different sets of rules. It was the same game, but just depending on who you were playing with, they would have a little different twist to the rules, a different variation, uh, different things like that. So that's the first thing that you want to establish is, you know, what is the rules? How do I play this game correctly? How do I play to win? You know, that's the overall game uh, rule and, and goal of every game. So the thing about it is, is following the Lord is much, much easier than that because his rules never change. One of the attributes about the Lord, about God himself, one of his natures is that he is consistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Psalms thirty-three eleven 11 states that, it says that the counsel of the Lord stands forever. Aren't you glad that God doesn't change Aren't you glad that we can depend on his consistency throughout our lives? One of his attributes, his main attribute is that he is consistent. He never changes. His love for us never changes, and his rules never change either. His rules are set, literally set in stone, the Ten Commandments, the two tablets that he gave to Moses. I mean, those are still the same rules that most of our common everyday laws are established upon, as those Ten commandments that he gave to Moses and the Israelites. So as we look at the book of Proverbs, when I think about instructions, when I think about wisdom, my mind can't help but to wander to the book of Proverbs. And if you're a Bible scholar, if you've studied the Bible for any length of time, you know that uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, those books are known as the books of wisdom. And so when you think about wisdom, you automatically think about Proverbs. When you think about instructions, you think about the book of Proverbs. Because what is the book of Proverbs? It is a set of rules, instructions, written from a parent to his child. Wise sayings. uh, It is jam-packed with them. It seems like they are... Uh, moving around from place to place they 're not really consistent throughout the book, but most of the times when you look at it overall, uh you will see that there is a general flow that takes place and the chapter that we are looking at tonight, chapter four, is actually it begins the the seventh admonition of Solomon in this book uh he He talks to his son uh in chapters one, two, and three. Uh, six different times, but here at the beginning of chapter 4, we see that he says, my children. He begins by opening up by saying, "Hear, my children, the instructions that I have to give you. So the book of Proverbs is short, pithy sayings and advice uh, from a father to a son, from a parent to his children. And so if you, I don't know what kind of Bible reading plan you go through. I'm going to make a, a little suggestion here. Uh, The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. So basically you have a chapter for every day of the month, no matter what month of the year you're in. Uh, It's something I used to do for several years. I would take, uh, say today is uh, May the 28th, I would read chapter 28. Tomorrow's the 29th, I would read chapter 29. First of the month came around, I'd start all over again. And most of the Bibles that I own, that's probably the most highlighted book In all of my Bibles that I have. Because I've read it so much. I've fallen in love with the Psalms and the Proverbs. But basically the Proverbs. uh, They give you instructions. And they are written from a father to his son. So these admonitions. The first six. uh, Chapter 1 verse 8. He says my son. Chapter 1 verse 10. uh, Chapter 2 verse 1. Chapter 3 verse 1. And then. Verses 11 and 21 in chapter 3, he all says, My son, my son, my son, listen to my instructions, listen to my wisdom, listen to my advice, my son, if you receive my words, he's given these admonitions to his children. Written by King Solomon, the wisest man uh, in history, he starts off in chapter 1, verse 7 by saying this, if you want to know where wisdom comes from, you want to know where knowledge comes from? He starts off by saying this. He establishes this. He says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction." So, as we look at chapter four here, uh, he talks specifically about wisdom, knowledge, instruction, and obedience. And there's four different things, uh, three different things. I want you to take away. I want. I started to go with four, but my uh, my note taker upstairs says it's a lot easier if I keep them to three. So I'm going to heed her instructions and warnings and uh, keep it to three as much as possible. And every now and then I can't just limit it to that. So the three things that I want you to learn about wisdom that come out of this, we're going to break it down into three different sections. We're going to read the whole chapter. But in verses 1 through 7, we see the provenance of wisdom, basically uh, the beginning of wisdom. Where does wisdom begin at, the provenance of wisdom. And in verses 10 through 19, we see the product of wisdom. And then in verses 20 through 27, we see the pursuit of wisdom. So let's open up by reading verses one through seven and see what Solomon has to say about the right path and wisdom and instruction. He says, hear my children the instructions of a father. And so wisdom all begins by that one word, H-E-A-R, here. Here's where wisdom begins. Wisdom begins by the ability to hear. God has given you two ears and one mouth for a reason, because you learn more by listening than you do by speaking. So wisdom all starts here. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. What is he talking about when he says that I am tender? Tender there is implying weakness of understanding of undeveloped character. He's saying that there is a weakness of undeveloped character in a young person. They are tender. They are moldable. He's saying uh, that they are frail, gentle, inexperienced, and still moldable. In other words, he hasn't become set in his ways yet. Under the care of his mother and his father, he is still tender. They are still able to teach him, they are still able to pour their instruction into him. So he's talking about himself. He says, When I was my father's son, I was tender. And the only one in the side of my mother. He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Now remember in the Bible, the word heart is not necessarily talking about the muscle that expands and contracts and pumps the blood through your body. It's talking about your volition. It's talking about your inner person, your spirit, your being, who you are on the inside, your thoughts. He says, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. How many of you have ever threatened your children? If you don't listen to me, I'm going to beat you (laughs) next week. He's saying, look, it's, it's best if you obey my commands. If you want to have a long life, just listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because what I have, the experience that I have, the knowledge that I have is going to be beneficial to you. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. So we see here that understanding God's rules, understanding his instructions, doesn't just come automatically. We have to learn through experience. We have to learn through the teaching of other people. He says, it's something that you have to get. It's something that you have to obtain. And once you get it, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will Preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. So the provenance of wisdom, the beginning, where does it originate from? Where does it begin from? It all begins in the younger years. The ways, the patterns, the traits, the way we talk, the way we think, the way we react to things are basically set in those younger years, in those childhood years. And they set a pattern of learning and wisdom and obedience For the remainder of our lives. So when you think about Solomon and his writings here in the book of Proverbs. You think about who who taught him. Who gave him instruction. You think about King David. King David left Solomon with some very very wise instructions. 1 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 8. Tell about the final days of David and the instructions that he left to Solomon. We're going to refer back to Kings and Chronicles a little bit throughout the sermon. But First Kings chapter 2, verses 1, you can either turn there and read along, or you can write this down and look at it later on. But here's what David had to say to Solomon and the instructions that he gave him with his dying breath and the final instructions that he gave to his son. It says, Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man." And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments, his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses. Perhaps this is what Solomon was thinking about when he said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He was thinking about what his dad David told him in his final days. He said, look, son, if you'll keep God's commandments, you're going to be all right. If you remember his judgments, his testimonies, his statutes, if you remember the law of Moses, you're going to be fine. If you follow those basic instructions, they won't change. They'll lead you, they'll guide you, and they'll teach you more than you can ever learn in any other way. It is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. And I think it's... Pretty easy to say that Solomon was very prosperous in his lifetime. He was very successful in all that he did. He said, That the Lord may fulfill his words which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. David left his son with some very solid and sound instructions here. But I think the thing that David points out to Solomon here, he says, you keep them in your heart. You, you follow them with all your heart. He says, if your sons take heed to their way and walk before me in the truth with all their heart and with all their soul, things are going to be all right. Perhaps that's what he was thinking about when he wrote Chapter 1 and chapter 4, when he refers to the Lord, he says, let your heart retain my words. He says, this is advice that my dad gave me. He says, there's something to this. I watched my dad throughout his life. Now he gave me these instructions. Now I'm going to write the same thing to my son. So wisdom is passed down from generation to generation, but it's got to start somewhere. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Not only did he give him sound wisdom for his life, but he also gave him sound wisdom in constructing the first temple. First Chronicles 22 verse six. David had this to say as he was giving instructions about the temple. So then he called his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood, and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my side. Behold, a son shall be born to you, who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon. For I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. So as David wanted to build the temple, the first true temple to the Lord, God wouldn't allow him to do that. But he gave his son Solomon specific instructions. He said, look, here's what the Lord told me. Now what the Lord told me, I want to tell you as well. Get wisdom. Get understanding is the basis of what Solomon starts off with. Here in chapter 4, he was reflecting upon the instructions that his dad, David, gave him. But he says, wisdom doesn't come easily. Wisdom doesn't come automatically. It's something that you have to obtain on your own. You have to desire it. You have to long for it. He says, get wisdom. Get understanding. And then picking up in verse 7, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, Get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. On our way home yesterday morning, we, we started off from Springfield, Missouri, and headed down through Arkansas and past a little town of Marshall, Arkansas. And I just happened to catch a glimpse of a little flea market on the side of the road. We we passed it up. I didn't have time to stop. We were in a hurry, but I thought the name of it was very, very unique. It was called The Getting Place. <laughs> but it didn't look like a place where you'd stop and get wisdom. Not like Solomon is talking about here. He says, wisdom is something that you have to get. It's something that you have to intentionally look for. And I'm sure this getting place in Marshall, Arkansas, had some pretty unique items in it. And I'm sure you could go shopping and search for stuff uh, maybe you were specifically looking for. But that's not what Solomon is referring to here. He says, to get wisdom, you have to be intentional about it. It has to be something you have to seek Solomon's request for wisdom, if you could think of, or if you, would, if you had the opportunity to ask God for one thing, what would it be? If you had the opportunity to ask God, God, I, I want this one thing, or if God approached you and said, I'll, I'll grant you one wish, I'll give you one wish, and one wish only, what would it be? And that was the one thing that Solomon asked for. He said, give me wisdom. He said, I'm not going to ask for anything else. I'm not going to ask for long life. I'm not going to ask for great riches. I'm not going to ask. But the one thing that I want to get, Lord, I want to get wisdom above everything else. He goes on to say that uh, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting. Get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. And she will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver you. Now, men, don't take it personally that the Word of God here uh, points out that wisdom is a she or a her. That's just the way that the language translates into English. It's not implying anything here. But he says, if there's one thing that you can get, get wisdom. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. And she will place on your head an ornament of grace. Wow, he says, if you could get any one thing, get wisdom. And when you do get wisdom, here's what's going to happen in your life wisdom will promote you, wisdom will bring you honor. You will embrace wisdom. You've got to embrace it. You've got to say, this is something that I really long for. This is something that I know that I don't have. This is something that I truly want to gain. And said, when you do obtain wisdom, she'll be like an ornament of grace upon your head. Be like a crown upon your head. You'll stand out among people. People will know that there's something special about you. One thing that God told Solomon that would he give him. Solomon made a request. He said, God, here's the one thing that I want. 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, we see it recorded in Kings chapter 3 and in first, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 1. I'm going to read out of 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon and sacrificed there. For that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? And how would you respond to that? God said, I'll give you anything you want. You just ask for it. What is it that you want? I'm going to give it to you. Here's what Solomon's response was. Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David my father because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have committed this great kindness for him. You have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a people, a great people, two numbers to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. Remember that in just a minute. We're gonna get to a comparison and contrast in the middle of this proverb. He says, I wanna know between good and evil. I want to know between righteousness and unrighteousness. I want to know between the just and the wicked. I want to be able to have a discerning heart that I may discern between good and evil, who is able to judge this great people of yours. Solomon was a little bit overwhelmed with his responsibilities as king. He understood that he was young and inexperienced. It was something that he had never done before. And God asked him, what's the one thing that I could give you Solomon said, give me wisdom. Teach me how to judge righteously. He wanted an understanding heart to be able to discern between good and evil. I hope that your prayer every day is that you ask God, God, help me to discern between good and evil. Help me to discern the right path from the wrong path. Be careful of your source of wisdom, though. Be careful of where you get your wisdom from. Make sure it's godly wisdom. Make sure it's sound wisdom. Make sure it's biblical wisdom. Make sure it's theologically correct. One of the things that Solomon talked about, he says, listen to my doctrine. Listen, I give you good doctrine. I'm not going to give you anything that's flaky or wishy-washy or sugar-coated. It's going to come straight from God's law. So be careful of your source of wisdom. There's an old Arabian proverb that goes like this. He who knows and knows he knows, he is wise, follow him. He who knows and knows not he knows, he is asleep. Everybody's awake right now, good. (laughs) He who knows and knows not he knows, he is asleep, waking. He who knows not and knows not he knows not, he is a fool, shun him. But he who knows not and knows that he knows not, he is a child, teaching. That's exactly what Solomon was. He says, I'm young, I'm inexperienced, I need to be taught, I need some wisdom, Lord. If you'll give me wisdom, we're gonna be good. And that's exactly what he's writing here. He said, this is the thing that I asked for. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, Get wisdom. So that's where wisdom originates from. That is the provenance of wisdom. It begins in your early years. It begins in your childhood years. But the fear of the Lord is where wisdom and knowledge originate from. Especially when you're like Solomon. You want to be able to discern between good and evil. You've got to fear the Lord. The next thing that we see is the product of wisdom. What does wisdom produce in our lives. What does it generate? What does it promote in our lives? Beginning in verse 10. He says this. He says hear my son. He's emphasizing this here business. Hear my son and receive my sayings. A lot of people listen. But they don't hear. And there's a difference between the two of them. And what Solomon is saying here. Is I want you to hear. The intent of what I'm implying and what I'm saying here. If you'll receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Between verses 14 and 19, he makes a comparison and a contrast between the wicked people and the just people. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it and do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make Someone fall, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is like the shining sun. it shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. they do not know what makes them stumble. What does wisdom produce? What does godly wisdom produce? Godliness, righteousness, good morals. In verses 14 through 19, Solomon makes this comparison and this contrast. Anytime you read the Word of God, if you really want to be able to translate what the Word of God is saying, if you want to be able to separate it and understand what it's talking about, one of the things you need to look at is the comparison and contrast that it makes. Anytime you see a comparison and a contrast, the writer is trying to emphasize something very, very specific. And here he is making a comparison and contrast between the wicked people of this world and the just people of the world and what the difference is between the two of them. In verses 14 through 17, he describes the peril of a wicked and evil person. Don't walk in that way. Avoid it, don't travel on it. They don't sleep unless they have done evil. That is their one train of thought. That is one of their one intent is to do evil. In verse 18, he stops and he makes this one comment on a just person and their traits. He says, here's what the past of the just looks like. It's like the shining sun. It's very noticeable, brilliant, bright, clean, pure. It shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. In other words, they don't have to do anything in the darkness. They're not ashamed of it. They don't care who sees. They want to do it out in the open. But most importantly of all, it's like a beacon of light to this outside world, to this dark and lost world. And then he caps it off once again with the way of the wicked. He says, the way of the just is like the shun, it's bright, it's, everybody notices it. But the way of the wicked is like darkness. They can't even see where they're going. They don't know what path they're on. They don't even understand what's making them stumble through this life. Lord Alfred Tennyson said this about knowledge and wisdom. He said, knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. Wisdom stays around for a while. It guides you. It directs you. And it's very, very noticeable to everyone around when you have this godly wisdom in your life. Jesus said, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works. Here it is in verse 18. The path of the just is just like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter into the perfect day. When you have wisdom, when you have godly knowledge, when you have an understanding of God's rules and regulations and his commands. It's very noticeable to everyone around you. So according to these verses, here are the benefits produced by the pursuit of godly wisdom. Here are some of the products of wisdom. Number one, longevity. Verse 10, he says, Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Not only do you have longevity, you have security as well. Look at verse 12. He says, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Very, very reminiscent of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Between verses, uh, verse 12, the first part of verse 12 and the second part of verse 12, he says, when you run, you will not stumble. There's also some confidence in a person who has godly wisdom. They will not stumble. What, what does Isaiah verse four, uh, chapter 40, verse 31 say? It says, those who wait on the Lord shall find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. Listen to this, though. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. One thing I've noticed about this conditioning that I'm going through, walking, running, jogging, the longer you stay away from it, the harder it is to get back into it. I take several days off, man. It's okay. It takes a little bit longer to get going. But if I take off a month or several weeks, it's not going to (laughs) happen. My steps just aren't as sure as they usually are. My stride isn't as long. My lungs are conditioned. The longer I stay away from it, the harder it is to get back into it. I just don't have that confidence. I don't have that security. And that's what he's saying here in verse 12. When you walk with the Lord, when you walk in that confidence, when you walk in that wisdom, here's what's going to happen your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. There's just a sense of security and confidence that comes. From getting this wisdom of the Lord. Also, there's rest involved as well. Verse 16 The wicked person, when they don't have the instruction of the Lord, when they don't have the wisdom of the Lord, they're not going to sleep unless they've done evil. Their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. But the rest of a godly person, the rest of a just person, the rest of a person who has obtained this godly wisdom, They're living in security. They're living in confidence. They can lay their head on the pillow at night and say, I know that I've done what I was supposed to have done. I've learned everything that the Lord wanted me to learn. Now I can lay my head down and get a good night's sleep. Not only that, but another product of godly wisdom is a good testimony. And that's exactly what verse 18 says. Is talking about It's saying that light that shines out, that light that radiates from you, that is a testimony that you're living for the Lord. You're getting the wisdom that you need. You've obtained his instructions. You've obtained his commandments. And now it's very, very noticeable to everyone around you. Obtaining wisdom. Job also noticed this. One of the wisdom books is the book of Job. And in Job 28, He writes this discourse about wisdom. He says, but where can wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. And he says, from where then does wisdom come and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. He says it's not easily found. But when you do obtain it, when you do understand it, when you do find it, it produces something inside of you that nothing else will. Back in Proverbs 4, he says not only uh, is there a providence, not only is there an origination of where wisdom comes from, not only does wisdom produce specific things in a godly person's life, but he also says there's a pursuit of wisdom that you should go after in your life. There's a pursuit that should never stop in your life trying to obtain this godly wisdom and this godly instructions. In verse 20, he picks up by saying this. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. In other words, you should be pursuing godly wisdom and instructions throughout your life. Not only should they be in your sight, but he said that they should be in your heart as well. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He emphasizes this matter of the heart twice more before he closes out the Proverbs. He says, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart. With all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart. He's not saying for just a few years, he's not just saying during your childhood years, but he's saying for the entirety of your life, pursue after wisdom and keep it in your heart with all diligence. That's that intentionality that I was talking about earlier. Put away from, your heart, from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. The pursuit of wisdom. Are you constantly learning? Are you constantly growing? What is it that you're studying right now? What is it that you're trying to improve upon? The heart is mentioned twice in this final passage. And just as there are three keys to maintaining a healthy heart, proper diet, proper exercise, and proper rest, there are also three attributes found in this proverb that go hand in hand. Obedience, instruction and wisdom. In First Chronicles chapter 28, verses nine through 10, David is giving more instructions to Solomon, and he said that it is God that searches all the hearts, and he understands the thoughts of a person. Perhaps this is why Solomon mentions three times the matter of the heart in this chapter. So how long does obtaining wisdom take? How long should you pursue it? How long should we continue to try to gain as much wisdom as possible? It should never stop. You, you should be a perpetual learner. So what is it that you're studying at this moment? What What is it that you're trying to gain more wisdom on? Are you learning how to be a better intercessor at prayer? Are you trying to learn a new language? Are you specifically looking at one particular book in the Bible to try to gain more knowledge out of it? Alfred Einstein said this about the pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. He says, Wisdom is not a product of schooling, but of the lifelong attempt to acquire it. Learning is something we should continuously be doing. When we're young, when we're growing up, we're learning how to walk, we're learning how to talk, we're learning how to do things on our own. When you get older, sometimes it seems like you're still learning how to walk, especially in the Christian life. There's always something new to learn in the Word of the Lord there's always something new to learn in your walk with the Lord. Man, I've I read through the book of Proverbs, I don't know how many times, but there's always something that sticks out at me. I so, said, man, I've never known that. But I never saw that before. This is something new to me. This is something that God is trying to teach me at this stage in my life. So each and every stage in your life, if you think back through it, you can say there is something different that I learned. There is some type of wisdom that I experienced. So what is limiting you to possibly seeking an area of perhaps spiritual discipline that you've never learned about? Something that you've always wanted to learn more about. What about the pursuit of kingdom matters and the knowledge of salvation? Are you trying to learn how to explain that to someone? Have you studied it enough to thoroughly explain it to others? Perhaps that's why soul winning is Not practiced as much these days as it should be. We just haven't studied enough. We're not confident enough in explaining it to another person. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. Jesus talked about a couple of perils in the kingdom of God. He says, The kingdom of God is like a hidden treasure, and it's like a pearl of great price. It's something that people mine after, it's something that people pursue after. Godly wisdom, twists and turns of life. Are you on the right path? Are you on the right path of instruction and following Jesus? I'm looking forward to Vacation Bible School this year. I'm looking forward to teaching. That is one of the main purposes that we have, Sunday school and Vacation Bible School. is to help you gain that godly wisdom, to help others in our community learn About the Lord. And how to walk more closely with him. Because everybody out there. Including us. We go through these little twists and turns of life. And in those twists and turns. God is trying to teach us. Something that we haven't learned yet. And just like Solomon. Highlights in this proverb here. God is saying I want you to get wisdom. I want you to get understanding. And I want to teach you things. That you've never Seen before in your life. Being around the right people has a lot to do with it as well. Solomon will later write in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight. We thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for your wisdom that comes through your word. My prayer, Lord God, is that for Vacation Bible School this year, uh, we would be able to teach each and every person here how to walk more closely with you. Lord, there will be adults here each and every day. Some may be volunteers that need to learn a lesson that you're trying to teach them, there may be a parent that's coming in and listening to some of the some of the lessons and some of the songs, Lord God, there may be a, um, a spiritual truth embedded in one of these songs that's going to impact their life lord these little kids that we're teaching these songs to, they may go home singing something that will uh impact the life of their family or change the direction of their family or help their family to get on the right path. We just never can tell. What you're going to use and how you're going to use it, Lord God. But Lord, we know that uh, life comes with many, many, many different twists and turns. And the more godly wisdom that we have, Lord God, the more we'll be able to maneuver those tough paths that we go through in our life. So I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us would go into these next few weeks with open eyes Open ears and open hearts. That's something that I think you've taught us through this proverb tonight, Lord God, is that we need to hear everything that we can about your word. We need to embed it in our heart, Lord God, and allow it to shape who we are and help us to become more like your son, Jesus. So help us to get wisdom, Lord. Help us to get understanding. Help us to get knowledge. Help us to never grow tired of learning the spiritual truths that are in your word. And Lord, like Solomon, I'm I'm asking for wisdom, Lord God, as the pastor of this church. I just pray, Lord God, that you'll give me the wisdom that I need to make the right decisions each and every day. To help direct our path as a church, Lord God, to be able to impact our community the way that I know we desire to. And I pray, Lord God, that as I study your word, as I prepare each and every sermon, each and every Bible study, Lord, that you would open my eyes and you would open my ears and help me to hear your voice as you speak to me first. Lord, get a hold to my heart first so that the message that you have to speak to your people will get a hold of their hearts as well. We love you, Lord. We pray that you'll prepare us for this week ahead, Lord God. Prepare us for Vacation Bible School. And prepare us, Lord God, as we go out and reach those in our community and share the love of Christ with them in every way possible. And we just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about First Baptist Church, including contact info, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.